Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Monica Orr, founder of Star Quality Hospitality and queen of all who network. Coming up on today's show... Monica gets sick of the high life. Um, and it got to the point like, I don't want your other self-serve meal, thank you very much. Phil reveals how you can get him to say yes to stuff. Because I'd had a couple of glasses of champagne, I went, yeah, let's do it. And Monica explains the best way to prepare for online meetings. So I'm at my house with my cat sitting on me. All that and so much more as we chat through Monica's excellent journey to date. Throughout our chat, we keep coming back to the power of networking and Monica really is world class in this field. Her journey really does demonstrate that getting yourself out there and putting yourself in a room full of familiar and unfamiliar people really can help you get to where you want to go. A massive thank you to Monica for giving us her time and for bestowing this excellent virtue. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So please remember to like, subscribe and review on whatever platform you're listening. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today, I am super excited to welcome yet another wonderful human being who has played their part in how this podcast came about. She may or may not know how, but we'll talk about that in a second. I first got to know this person through an Institute of Hospitality networking event many, many years ago. And at the time, she was lecturing at Westminster Kingsway College. Now, she has her own consultancy, Star Quality Hospitality, where she also, in that time, has written three books, which we'll talk about later for sure. And she is undoubtedly the most networked individual that I know. So it gives me huge pleasure to welcome to the show Monica Orr. Thank you very much Phil, great to be here. How are you doing? Good. Excellent, where in the world are you today? I'm in London. Do you live in London? I do live in London yes, so I'm at my house with my cat sitting on me. Excellent. um, Yeah he may chime in at some point. That's fine, he's he's welcome to get involved, (laughs) we welcome all all thoughts at all stages. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I mentioned there that uh, you obviously have played your part. Do you know how you played your part in how this came about? Something to do with springboard and a pantomime. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It was um, obviously you and I reconnected after a couple of years at another networking event, which, which was another Institute of Hospitality networking event, which was the Aspiring Managers in 2017 or 18, I think Mm, it was. And after a couple of glasses of champagne, we started talking about musical theatre, and I can't even remember how we got onto that. But then you, it culminated in you saying, "Oh, do you know you should sign up to the Springboard Pantomime?" And because um, I'd had a couple of glasses of champagne, I went, "Yeah, let's do it." Then woke up the next morning and thought, "What have I done?" But uh, then went for it and um, thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Definitely reconnected me with a, a side of my personality that had been asleep for a very long time. <laughs> And uh, that led to, I suppose, uh, a, a little bit more confidence in public. And here we are. Mm. So there you are. It's all your fault. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Literally is all of your fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, brilliant. That's, before we get on to anything and everything that you're up to at the moment, of course, there's a, a whole career behind you so far. So take us all the way back to the, the beginning of your career. How did you get into hospitality in the first place? Gosh, well, I think what it was, was I read a book a long time ago called Hotel by Arthur Haley. 
and it, it was turned into a mini series and a TV film. And basically, it's kind of what happens behind the scenes in a luxury hotel, but it's all fictional. Okay. So that kind of got me intrigued about the world of hotels and hospitality. And I kind of decided that's what I wanted to do as a career. I was quite adamant I was going to work in a hotel, regardless. I had no background in it at all. My family and everything, nothing to do with hotels. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a bit of a strange career path, but um, they kind of just let me get on with it. Yeah, and um, so I, I did. I'm the, glad they did. <laughs> yeah, I did the traditional schooling, you know. Well, then it was GCSEs and A levels, and then I, when I got my A level results, I kind of said, "Well, I want to study hotel management." And um, there was an advert in the paper for South Devon College. So the next day, I moved down to South Devon, lived there for three years, and studied hotel management, which I absolutely right. loved. And that was kind of the start of it. And then uh, from that, I, I came back to I'm based in London so I did come back to London after those three years and part of that course was to do an industrial placement and I was like well I'm going to do it in a five-star hotel in London so I wrote off to loads of different hotels got myself a placement and I started off working at uh, the Ritz for the first bit of the placement and I worked in housekeeping there that's not a bad start it was was pretty good yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) And then I had to do a second placement as well, which was like towards the end of the, it was an H&D I was doing then, the H&D. And so I thought, well, the placement I want to find, I want it to link in to be a job as well. So I looked for that and then I ended up working for Radisson Edwardian Hotels. Okay, yep. And I worked in reservations with them. So I did reservations and sales, worked in several of their hotels in London. And then I had the opportunity to work on cruise ships. So yeah, I, yes. do you know what? <laughs> do, do, I feel like we probably did discuss this, but the vast majority of the times that you and I meet up, there's usually alcohol involved. So we probably have discussed the fact that you worked on cruise ships, and obviously mm-hmm. I did as well. But I didn't; it hadn't sunk in until I redid my research on you for, <clears throat> excuse me, for this show. Yeah, how was your experience at sea? Absolutely brilliant. So what happened was I applied to work for Cunard like you do yep. and um I didn't think I'd gotten I did interview and everything I thought oh they haven't got any they haven't got anything for me and then literally they called me up and said okay there's an opening now it's just for six weeks initially to go onto our our counter ship it's based in the Caribbean I don't have a bit of that uh, all right then <laughs> so went on board there six weeks turned into three months so I stayed there for three months before I was allowed off um, right. which was fine I didn't complain about that and I was working in what was then called the purses office. Um, yes. You probably now know it as guest relations. So I was doing that, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So a different Caribbean island every day on a two-week rotation. So that was always good fun. And then um, what happened when I was on that ship was um, the hotel manager for our ship, the Countess, went on his annual leave or, or, or leave. And yep. um, the relief hotel manager came on board. And the relief hotel manager was from the QE2, obviously a much, much bigger ship. And on the QE2, he's used to having a secretary. And the Countess was just a little baby ship. And the hotel manager didn't have a secretary. He did his own admin. Mm. And so he comes on board and goes, well, I need someone to do all my secretarial stuff. So I said, I don't mind doing it, you know. So I did that. Didn't think anything of it. And then um, I heard that they were selling the Countess. You know, I started in my early 20s. I was like, I don't want to get made redundant in my 20s. Yeah. So I wrote to head office. I said, oh, can, I, can you transfer me to another ship? So I don't mind what position, you know, I don't mind which ship it is. You know, I'll kind of just leave that 
to you to sort out. Mm. And then I got a call back and said, right, yep, you can come onto the QE2 and you can work for the hotel manager because you've worked for him before. I said, oh, okay. So I ended up working on the QE2. I was uh, the secretary to the hotel manager, but I was also secretary to the food and beverage manager, kind of doing two different roles on there. Yeah. And when I was on her, I did the world cruise as well. So that was a bit of a bonus. Yeah, well, that's the, uh, the the funny thing about that is is that when I got my offer to join P&O, I worked for P&O Cruises, I didn't get a Caribbean. I, that was kind of what I'd had my heart set on. I want to go to the Caribbean. I just want to see the Caribbean and was gutted when I didn't get it. And then they told me that I was going on a world cruise instead. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. And we ended up going to the Caribbean as part of the world cruise. Mm. It's just, it's such a wonderful, I just think it's the the greatest start to a career the, in hospitality that someone can have because it just it teaches you so much uh, just in terms of the the travel element but also you know the, these things are massive and the oh, yeah. um the the volume of people but how you how do you deliver a, a good experience to that volume of people and all of these sorts of things it was just it's a wonderful training ground for for early career definitely and you can't get away from the complaints you've got to deal with them yeah, absolutely. There's definitely nowhere to run. You can't jump in a boat and no. head to head to land. <laughs> yeah, of course there was never any complaints though. Of course not. It's only compliments. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How long were you with um, with Cunard for? Uh, about two years in the end. Yeah. And then I thought, right, either I carry on doing this and never ever leave the ships, or it's time to get off. <laughs> Yep. It's kind of one of those things. You do it, get the experience, and then either you stay there for life or you move on. So I thought, no, I need yeah. to move on. I did that after five, five and a half years, uh, and I'd had a sabbatical in the in the middle. Hmm. Not in the middle. It was kind of towards the end, really. Came back again and then just realized, no, I think it's time. The day that I woke up and we were in Barcelona, and I went, oh, God, we're in Barcelona again, I thought, right, it's time to leave this <laughs> film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you've lost touch yeah, with reality I, I, was, I was a little bit like that because we're on the QE2 the ranking I was but in my position was as an officer and so we had our own separate wardroom and our meals were silver served to us and we actually had the food that the passengers had yeah. we, had we had the formal sit down dinners every single night you had to have your formal sit down dinner and you had to be in the correct uniform for the dinner and all this sort of stuff um, and it got to the point like I don't want another silver served meal thank you very much mm. and it's like oh my god okay it's time to leave now <laughs> Yeah, well, you stop with the lobster thermidor already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. No, I, I, hundred percent hear you. The, the, the days where you just want beans on toast or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And and you've got to you've got to have beef Wellington again. You're like, oh, yeah. I know. So first first world problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, where did you head next? Yeah. So after that, um, I I came back to land. I decided that I actually wanted to go back to university and study a bit more. And I wanted to specialise in human resource management. So I actually applied to do a master's down in Bristol. Okay. And they said, uh, your application is actually one day too late. We've just closed your application. It's like, oh, oh, God. They said, but we'll take you next year. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do for a year now? So um, I was back in London. So I ended up working in recruitment. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, bless you. <laughs> So I worked for a company called Fortissimo, which was part of Barclays Scott. Right. Yeah. And back in those days, if anyone ever remembers Forte Hotels, uh, we did all the recruitment for every Forte Hotel in London, from a kitchen porter up to a head of department. Right. So I spent a year doing that, um, which was 
good fun and it gave me a lot of recruitment experience which kind of held me in good stead for when I was, went on to do my master's in HR so that was all that was all good yeah so I took my place up in Bristol went down to Bristol for a year did this master's like full-time master's in a year hardest thing I ever did in my life because I when I was in Devon originally I just did an HND which was very practical really yeah. good fun very different from doing an academic degree and let alone doing a master's so I had a very steep learning curve um, yeah well and you, you take lots of learning in any form when whenever you're pushed outside yeah. your comfort zone right yeah so I did that which is all, all good mm. and then I came back to London again I keep I just can't leave London I keep coming back <laughs> <laughs> and um, I started working for Hilton so I had my first human resource manager job straight after my master's and I was working for Hilton however it was stackers turning into Hilton as I went there so okay. I worked at very briefly the Stackers Islington, then it became the Hilton London Islington. So I did the changeover from Stackers to Hilton. So that was an interesting thrown straight in experience, but it yeah. was all it was all very good. And I remember I went um, to that hotel, and, and the hotel manager at the time was uh, female, which again was quite rare. And she was lovely, but she said to me, "Right, I want you to lock yourself in your office for a week, sort it out, because we haven't had HR uh, for about six months in this hotel, and then tell me what you're going to do." I was like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and it was literally going through files saying, does this person actually work in this building or not? You know, it was, yeah. it was a bit like that. So it's that, that simple. <laughs> yeah. So um, it all worked well. Ended up working for Hilton for, gosh, I can't remember now. I think it was about five years or so. But I moved in around quite a few of their properties as well. Mm. So I was in Islington. I was at Heathrow. I did green park i did the opening of the trafalgar what else did I, do? I think i did islington and trafalgar together i started clustering hotels together right and then from that i, I kind of started focusing more on the training so i ended up doing the regional training for london for hilton as well okay as part of the hr role that sounds like a, a big role yeah it, it was kind of you kind of got landed on i mean i love the training so i kind of took it on somehow i'm not quite sure how it all came about um but yeah and from then I knew that kind of training was the thing that I really wanted to do. And I was focused very much on the training. Yeah. But I have this weird thing in that I keep wanting to go back into education. Okay. And even though I had my master's, because I was so focused on the training, I thought I want to do more kind of specific training stuff. So I actually did a PGCE. Yeah. And that's how I got involved with Westminster Kingsway College. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, just remind me what PGCE stands for. Postgraduate certificate in education. Very good. You're you're correct. That's the right answer. Uh, <laughs> that was just a test. <laughs> no, that, I mean that's that's cool. I think what I like about that is is that you've kind of started on your path. You've done a couple of things that have made sense to you at the at the appropriate time that you're in them. But it's not until like a few years into your career that you've found something that really kind of speaks to you and says, mm -hmm. "Yeah, this is the thing that you should be focusing on." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's I think the um you know, whenever it is that you find that thing, whether you're lucky enough to get it from day one or whether it takes five years of of testing the water and, and various different things, then it's just you're finding it is is a wonderful moment. Mm. And clearly, it was the thing because you've kind of never really left. From no, there. so yeah, so I keep that 
the training is always carried on, whether it be in education or whether it be kind of privately with more commercial companies. So it's it's just always happening. So at the minute, I'm kind of doing both. I'm, I'm still mm. got my hand in education, but I've still got my hand in, on the kind of other side of training as well. So, yeah, um, yeah so from working at Westminster Kingswell, I was focusing on um, obviously hospitality, teaching the foundation degrees in hospitality management there. And whilst I was doing that, I was in charge of some of the employee groups that they had at that particular college. And the two main ones that they had was uh, Travelodge. So I was teaching the Travelodge hotel managers, basically, how to be hotel mm. managers. Mm. Um, and also the army, strangely enough. So Of course. Well, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting because the reason the army wanted to do foundation degrees for their, for their guys was... Um, because obviously in the army they get retired off quite early. Okay. Yeah. And so the the uh, guys who are basic logistics, they said we we want to kind of carry on what we're doing, but move it into more civilian mode because we're all in army mode at the minute. So that's why they did their foundation degree in hospitality management, so they could see what happens in in the everyday world, as it were. Yeah, that's very that's interesting actually because that's that's actually a, a, an area of the workforce that's getting I suppose more and more focus in in mm. a good way you know there are as you say unless you're lucky enough to climb the ranks and become a you know a, a high-ranking officer or whatever the the vast majority get to a certain level but then because they're no longer as physically or or you know their eyes start failing or whatever no longer as capable as they were that they've got no choice really than to to look at a, a life back in in regular civilianhood yeah as it were and we could as an industry we could absolutely do with that kind of ethic focused workforce for sure yeah definitely and what was interesting when i was teaching the army was it was totally done online for them right so i think we saw them maybe once semester as it were and then it was just totally online so we had fun and games getting them to um oh back in those days it was using messenger online is how long right. ago it was you know, before we didn't have yeah, zoom no whatsapp no yeah. whatsapp no zoom no yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was funny games doing that and then I'd obviously I was their personal tutor as well so I'd actually go out to the army barracks to see them on a face-to-face just to make sure they were still alive and doing everything they're meant to be doing yeah and I did actually have uh, one of my students he because a lot of them were obviously on, on tour as well which is another reason why it was online they weren't always based in England yeah um, so I had guys in Kenya and and Afghanistan and actually one of my guys to say oh I can fly it to Afghan we can do the tutorial there I'm like no it's all right <laughs> I'll wait till you get back yeah I, I, I can imagine that's um uh, yeah i can't imagine why you would you would want to wait to come back here but anyway no that's cool and actually it was uh as i said at the top of the show that it, you that was when you and i actually met for the first time when you were at westminster kingsway mm-hmm. and uh you very kindly invited me to come and be part of a careers day there which yeah. i found like i found a very very interesting experience from the other side looking you know, at that process, because actually you forget when you kind of just get get on with your career that that, that was us one day, mm. many moons before. And, you know, there's there's confidence to be had and to be learned yet. And the confidence comes with experience and all of that sort of thing. And you can start to see already at that age, uh, I suppose, who are potentially going to be the stars and who are the ones mm. who are going to need the work uh, or need help and uh, a little bit more support than others how did you how did you find that that experience yeah that's with the students that i think that was when we they were doing the i think it might be the human resource module I forget now 
but they were basically being assessed as if they were on an assessment day. And they said that they had the interviews and the different assessment tasks they had to do. So they had an idea yeah. of what it would feel like. Yeah. And it was interesting because they, they, more of their true characters came out when they were doing that assessment. But it, yeah, it's great to see, you know, when you're, particularly when you're teaching, you can see those that have got the potential that oh, they're, they're going to go far. And then you can see the ones that need that additional help as well. And that's that's what you're there for, you know, just to support them and, and move them forward as to where the way they want to be and give them the inspiration they need as well and motivation. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I suppose, is also the, the experience of a day like that is a kind of first foray into the the real world in inverted commas in the sense that you're you're then faced with people that you've never seen before in your life and mm-hmm. you know that could be quite a rabbit in the headlights moment but I, I the thing that i remember is that the vast majority of that day really handled themselves wonderfully very professionally and that's really all you can ask for i suppose yeah. at, at that stage yeah and one of the things i always get across to the students wherever it is that i teach them is that they have to start networking whilst they're at the university or the college and build yep. those contacts. Is that why they all came barging over towards me at the end of the day? <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine how uh, uh, students who are under your watchful eye have learned that networking is an important part of life but actually you know um I, I had written it down as a as a discussion point for you and I to talk about because I I am on the same page completely I, I I can't describe how important networking is and uh, you know even this humble little podcast that I, I started in 2020 it's kind of become its own little networking tool uh, as well mm, but actually that that face-to-face contacts of being able to 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 talk to people that you're not used to talking to you know breaking into little cliques as well that may have formed and and all of these sorts of things that you can see that these pockets of friendship that exist because people are used to going to these sorts of things all the time but actually the skill is to to re, is to integrate and the more networking events you go to and this is the thing that I, i've always found amazing the less work you have to do in the networking event i mean mm-hmm. not in yeah. general in life because more and more people know you and yeah. I, literally you could stand in one spot and the room will come to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the value of networking, I think, is it's amazing. And it just always amazes me how you you just like you have a conversation with someone at a networking event that you've never met. And then three days later, something comes up where you think, oh, actually, that person would be. I mean, I should connect that person with that person. Mm. And it's just, it amazes me how often that happens. And especially when you're starting out, what a great way to kind of, one, build your social confidence in a professional workspace, but also to create a network. Yeah. Who'd have thought that that's what networking was for? And it's interesting because when I was at Westminster Kingsway College, that's how I got more involved with the Institute of Hospitality in London. It was actually through a networking event. It was, a, it was I don't know if you remember Hot Cat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back when they were when they were doing their events, so I was a regular hot catter. Um, that was I. Yeah. And they had a they had a dinner or a lunch, and I was I went to that event, and that's when I met Yanis. Yeah. So he's saying, "Oh, why don't you come get more involved with the London branch?" Blah, blah blah. So he kind of introduced me to the London branch, and I basically started off being their kind of education liaison person between employers and Westminster Kingsway College. And then that's kind of how it started off being on the London committee. 
and then as you know from that it kind of escalated and ended up being <laughs> chair a few years later <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah how was that experience that was I was kind of thrown into that one <laughs> right so I was from being the um education liaison officer I, I was then became vice chair and, and that was quite good. And I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. I could kind of learn what I need to do, et cetera. And, you know, I had some uh, great people on the committee. Um, and at the time, Eamon Cole was chair. And, you know, he, he was a great one to kind of help you along. Yeah. And then he left. And there wasn't anyone who wanted to be chair. And he said, oh, Monica, you can do it. I was like, oh, right. So I kind of got thrown into that one a little bit. Right. Um, Another situation whereby you've been stretching the comfort zone absolutely but it's one of those opportunities where you can't really say well actually no it's all right you know if if you have yeah. that opportunity you've got to take it haven't you so um that's exactly yeah. what i did and yeah introduced um some initiatives from the london branch at that point so we we would we started off doing the coaching program which is which head office kind of took on board is now the mentoring program which right. okay. head office now run um, and obviously, we've we've still got our aspiring manager awards, which Antonio has always led on. Um, but I did introduce a, a student award in that as well. Um, and now, obviously, that's kind of um, getting that idea is kind of taken up with some of the other branches these days, with them really focusing on students, which is really really good. Absolutely. How long were you in at the helm in that role? Um, I think I was chair for about two years in the end. Okay. You're yeah. probably ready to ready to move then on I at that point. Handed it over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's uh, you know I think you you've definitely to do a, a role like that you've definitely got to care deeply about the industry, uh, yeah. Which you clear you clearly do, and otherwise you, you know you just wouldn't be. It's not a role that you can just kind of steward, is it? You've got to no. keep moving it forward. You've got to yeah. keep the evolution of of everything happening. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so you were at uh, Westminster Kingsway for about five years, is that right? I think it was a bit longer than that. It was quite a while I was there. Was it? Yeah, and then it was kind of, the idea was so I, I was actually only going to work there part-time and then I was going to set up my business and that didn't really happen and I ended right. up working there full-time and never started the business. Right. So then I thought, well, look, something's got to give so I thought you know I'm just gonna take the plunge I'm just gonna stop teaching at the college just focus solely on the business and and just go for it so that's kind of what I did yeah and luckily it worked and but it's not of... it's not luckily <laughs> it's it's um it's a hundred percent talent <laughs> and networking <laughs> thank you very much yeah networking had a lot to do with it but yeah so that uh so i started off business star quality hospitality which is really focusing on independent hotels and restaurants and the idea behind it is really to help those smaller businesses become a lot more successful predominantly through looking at their operations how that can be improved and the customer service and the, and the, the guest experience that they're delivering yep and it was from setting up the consultancy that i started writing the books Yes. Yes, let's, it was only, it was only meant about to be one books. and it kind of evolved, yeah. Really? Didn't you do a, 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 a key person of influence accelerator program or something I like did, that? I did, yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember talking about that because I'd, I'd, um, I'd also got involved in the, the process and I know that part of that was around writing a book, but I feel like you've always had a book in you for sure. <laughs> 
to be honest, one of the reasons I did that course was because I wanted to write the book. Right. And then everything else is just, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually very good information. But yeah, so that that was one of the key things as part of that program is that you do actually publish a book by the end of it. So yeah, so I wrote my my first book, Star Quality Hospitality, which is aimed at the small business, featured pretty much around hotels, but really applicable to any kind of hospitality business. I'm not sure about any business, but no, mainly hospitality business because it's very hospitality focused. And really, the, the as it says on the kind of this, it's Starquad Hospitality is a key to a successful business. So the the key aspect is basically what the book is based on a model of a key. So what we're looking at there is if you think of a, a kind of traditional key with like a head, a barrel, and then the little prongs at the end, the mm-hmm. head of the key is like your business, and the barrel is uh, like the lifeline of your business are the three prongs which are your customers both internal and external um, as well as your suppliers so it's looking at those three areas in, in a lot more detail and how they all gel together to form that business right very clever i'm also uh, i'm very grateful that that you described the different parts of the key <laughs> um if you don't ask me to do that i'm not sure i could have done that so eloquently so that was the first book and i thought yep Brilliant. That's done. Yep. Did really well on Amazon. And then everyone kept saying, when are you going to write your next book? Yeah. I, was, I wasn't planning on writing a second book. <laughs> I've had a, a couple of published authors on the show now uh, who have all said exactly the same thing, which is as soon as the first one's done, everybody's in your ear going, okay, when's the next one? Yeah. Can I just enjoy the fruits of this one for a bit, please? <laughs> Because it's, it's a hell of a commitment, right? I mean, you, you know, is, the, yeah. in terms of discipline and, you know, you, you've got to turn up to to actually write the thing, plan it fully, all of these things. Yeah, I mean, I can't, um, I, I am a kind of, I, I'm a wannabe author myself and I've, I've initiated that process. And it's, um, you definitely, you need to find the time for it. And that's, that's a, oh, that's a yeah. tricky thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that then did lead to book number two. Book number two. Did that come about because you did you already have a kind of an overload of stuff that you'd done from the first book that you then thought actually I could do another book on this, or did that was that some, was that a, a completely fresh new idea? I think it was more of a fresh new idea. <laughs> right. I hadn't really thought about writing because I wasn't thinking of you know doing any more than one book, so I hadn't really thought mm. what else would I want to write about. So on, on the second one, I thought well obviously you know my passion is very much about the guest experience. So the second one was the star quality experience, the hotelier's guide to creating memorable guest journeys. Yeah. So again, I put a little model around this, which I call the seven hours model. But what I wanted to do from with this one was to look at it from a different point of view. So, you know, everyone knows about the guest journey. Well, let's actually look at it from almost like from behind the scenes to what the hotelier actually does behind the scenes to make that guest journey happen. And so in order to do that so I knew what I wanted to put in it but also I thought well it's like when I, I remember when I well when I teach at university you say things and students go yeah 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 you bring in a guest speaker they say exactly the same thing go, wow really <laughs> so I thought, be the same thing with the book you know I'm going to be writing the book and going yeah 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 we know that so I thought you know what? I'm going to interview some hotelers I'm going to interview some of my clients get their stories in the book as well yeah. And then it's like, so this is what I'm saying. But look, it does happen in reality because this is what these hoteliers are doing and these are their stories around it. Yeah. 
clever like that. So that's that's how I, I did that. And as I was doing each book, it kind of each time it evolved a bit more in kind of how I put the book together. So that's what this one's all about. And we have the, the seven R's model in that. Yeah. Which um, we can read about. And that actually that's also actually where the my kind of random act of kindness philosophy comes out a lot more as well. So that's that's in there. Yep. Are you an advocate of the random acts of kindness then? I am, yeah, definitely. So that, again, from that second book, actually just reminded me, from the second book, that's why I set up my Facebook group, The Hospitality Superheroes. Right, okay, yeah. Because part of that group originally was for people to post up their random acts of kindness they've been doing and, you know, all the good stuff that's happening in hospitality to shout more about that. So I thought if I form a group, get people to talk about it in that group because we we don't talk we don't shout enough about the good stuff you know totally well hello that's why the podcast exists exactly <laughs> yeah I, 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 I could not agree with you more i think we um we are we are world class at talking about our problems mm-hmm. uh world class and that's great it keeps it on the agenda and we can learn to to do something about it and move past it etc cetera, etc cetera. But we're absolutely terrible at, at shouting about how good we are yeah. in certain areas. And that's the stuff for me that people in the world should know about around hospitality because there's so many world-class individuals in this business, so many professionals who have devoted you know, a, a life of service to others. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I always argue that what more honourable profession is there than that? Exactly. And that's what led me to the third book. Really? I didn't Exactly. I, I, I didn't know the story as to how that came about. I genuinely didn't do that as a segue. That is exactly what happened because the third book is called Star Quality Talents, Inspiring Hospitality Careers. And I just wanted to really promote the industry more. And I thought, well, the only way to do that is to get people to understand about the careers and people's real life stories of how they started to as where they are now. Yeah. So the book's in three sections. The first section is where I've interviewed lots of different people from all different walks of life, um, with their hospitality stories, basically. Some of them are friends of mine, some of them are acquaintances, some of them are people I've worked with. If you read the book, there's lots of names in there that you'll recognise. Yeah. So the first section is all about the inspiring you know, hospitality career stories. The second section is about tips to develop a career in hospitality. So if you want to go into hospitality, you know, what sort of person do you need to be? So in there, I put a little uh, mnemonic of the word uh, hospitality. And for each of those uh, letters, there's a word which will then link to what you need to do in relation to that skill, whether it be, you know, how you start that conversation, to look at the opportunities mm. that are around, et cetera, et cetera. So there's some top tips in that. And then the third section is all about where you can get advice, guidance and training to get into the hospitality industry. Because it's not about, you know, starting at school and then getting a job. It's it's so much more than that. So it's looking at wherever you are in your career, you know, are you a a returner? Are you, have you had difficulties in your life? You know, whatever it is. And then from that, I've highlighted some of the key kind of organisations that help, you know, from Springboard to the Clink, obviously the Institute of Hospitality, Hospitality Action, just to name a few of them. Um, yeah. And also, you know, looking at the different routes, the importance of having a mentor, the importance of getting recognised throughout your career, so the awards that, that we have in the industry, 
all that sort of stuff so it's you know it's, it looks at it from basically every angle so for that book i as i said i interviewed these people initially and what i as i said with each book i try and take it a step further so i interviewed them and i videoed them so there okay. are links to the videos of all those interviews so the links from the book or if you get the kindle version you can just click on it and it'll go straight through to it and so you've got the people with their career stories but I also interviewed the various people in the organisations as well and what their advice would be for people coming into the industry. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I think what I love about that is one that was needed. I actually remember com- coming to the book launch uh, mm. of that one at uh, Cafe Spice Namaste. Yeah, Cyrus's restaurant. Yeah, and Cyrus obviously said a little, a few words at the time and he, he talked about the fact that, you know, this is a, a book that's needed. It's absolutely needed because it, it is one, as you say, it's got some real world examples of how people have formed their career. There's this, perhaps there's this perception in the world that people who have risen to the top have always been perfect and they've never made a mistake in their life. But obviously there's nothing further from the truth. You know, it's, it's people's ability to work past mistakes and, and accept that they're going to happen and then move forward. Mm. And the vast majority of people, whoever you speak to, have, have got stories ar- around that and how they've responded to moments of adversity and worked through them. And actually then to supply a, a kind of a, like a, a, a manual really on how to and where to go to for extra support. I, I mean, you've kind of covered the main basis of, of mm-hmm. how somebody would you know, can make a good start in this, this industry. Yeah, and that was the whole kind of point of putting this book together. It's kind of a one-stop place to find out, you know, who do I go to if I need this or if I need to find a mentor, what can I do, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, how that book came about. And Cyrus wrote the forward for that book. Yep. And yeah. And Cyrus the legend. Cyrus, yep, yeah, he's he's amazing. And uh, Fred Surex, he wrote a little uh, testimonial as well, which is on the front cover of that book. Brilliant. So any more books planned? I haven't really got a book plan. I mean, I've got ideas floating around in my head, but I'm not kind of, kind of ready to put them out. But I do, I've, as always, got people saying, can I be in your next book? Yeah. <laughs> I may have to Yeah, like, volume two. Yeah. <laughs> Formulate something around that as well. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, you know, they, they, they say that uh, when somebody's written one book, they, they, they need to get to two. And when you've done three, you've definitely got uh, two. You've definitely got to get to three. But the jump from three is actually to five. So yeah, exactly. You, you, exactly. Yeah, you can't leave it at four. No. no way. And then it's ten after that. So. Yeah, see, three's a trilogy. So that's a nice kind of pause. It's, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. No, good on you, though. I, I, I think that every one of your books add, adds value to a, a specific area of the industry. And I tip my hat to you for, for one, having the ideas in the first place, the gumption to actually do it, and then actually the discipline to, to follow it through. And uh, yeah, I, I'll put a link in the show notes on where people can, can get a hold of it as well. Perfect. Thank you. People do. Yeah. I also noticed on your LinkedIn profile when I was doing my research that you're a licensed world host and customer service. What is that? So World Host is a customer service program. Right. So I'm uh, basically in order to deliver that program, you need to have a license um, from World Host. So yep. I have my license to deliver that. And they've, they've actually just revamped quite a few of their programs, obviously because of COVID and everything. So during COVID, they had an online course, so how to, how to stay COVID safe. Right. Their World Host is the main customer service program 
for hospitality, leisure and tourism. And it's uh, now it can be done online or face to face. Now there's you know, two different ways that it can be delivered depending on people's preference. They also have a another course which is called inclusive service, which kind of brings the diversity and inclusion and bringing everything together. Yeah. And they have various other courses. They've got a supervisory one for customer service as well. So, yeah, so I deliver um, those programs as well. These are more to my private clients. I deliver those too. So sometimes I do open courses or sometimes I just do it specific for a client I'm working with. Got you. I, I hope that you're ready for this because I do ask pretty much everybody that comes on the show if they have any funny stories from their career so far. Anything that you can share with us? Oh, um funny stories i'm sure there's loads now you ask me i can't think of any um it's always the way yeah the only thing i can think of at the minute it's not really that funny actually but um it was um when we worked on the ships just some of the questions the passengers would ask us we would think really so obviously you know we're a cruise ship and uh, the crew were on the cruise ship traveling with the passengers so you know the crew were gonna have their own accommodation on the ship but some of our passengers didn't understand that concept. And they say, so how do you guys get to the ship every day? Oh, God, I, I had that and one. And it's like, yeah, yeah. well, they fly us in early in the morning. And, and you see those lights there on the, on, the, on the ship, those, you know, the lights. They're not for decoration. They're actually the landing lights for the helicopter that flies us in. I'm glad you had fun with it uh, <laughs> and as well. They were like... Really? Oh, and they just took it. They really thought we were flown in every morning. Yeah, at night time, we uh, we lower the lifeboats and uh, all the crew go on there and just sleep off the back uh, of the of the boat. That was the other one Yeah, uh, that we used to use. And then there's the classic, do these stairs go down? I, I, do you know, the amount of people that I've spoken to about that that have actually experienced that mm. particular question, mm. um, I experienced it myself. As well, and you think, I, I actually remember biting my lip. I, I couldn't believe that somebody had just asked me if the stairs went down. And thankfully they did because we were at the top of them um, <laughs> at, at the time. I don't know what would have happened if we'd have been at the bottom. That would have been yeah. a whole different conversation. Yeah. What time's the midnight buffet? That's yeah. a, that was a classic. classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but, I, you know, actually thinking about it now, I, uh, I definitely suffer with holiday brain uh, after a few <laughs> days into wherever I'm going my ability to problem solve diminishes a lot. And uh, so I don't know if nowadays I'd be one of these people. <laughs> Having worked on a ship, I'd hope not. But anyway, there we are. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, the thing about ships is that they're, it's such a condensed environment, isn't it? That the, yeah. the, the stories are, are only a couple of hours away. Mm. There's, there's always something interesting and funny and quirky and weird happening uh, in that environment for sure yeah so what's uh what's the f- what does the future hold for you what's what, what have you got planned over the next year or so uh well what i'm kind of doing at the moment is i'm, I'm doing some part-time lecturing at with anglia ruskin london university again with okay. the hospitality and tourism students which is, is which is nice because they're all mature students that are working in the industry as well brilliant which makes it even better and um, get some great kind of stories and sharing a bit of their experiences as well, which is nice. So I'm continuing to do that and obviously just doing some work with the kind of private clients that I've got. 
Yeah, and obviously planning your your fourth and fifth books. Of of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. No, that's great. Look, thank you so much. I am so sorry that it's taken this long to do this, uh, but I'm so so glad that we did. Um, I think you've you've forged yourself a, a wonderful career so far. In in many ways, you've well, you've still got an an awful lot to do and to give. <laughs> And uh, and you are somebody to this day that still cares deeply about the industry, and I um, I I absolutely tip my hat to you for that. And uh, more of the same, please. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you to to learn more about you or to to drop some book ideas into your brain, what's <laughs> the um, what's the best method for them to to get in touch? It's probably easier. Uh, they can link up with me on LinkedIn, or if they want to email me directly, if you want to put. My contact details and feel free to do that in the show notes you can do that brilliant yeah and maybe there might be another pantomime hopefully do they what do you reckon i Paul? hope so, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, that's been a hole in my life for the last two years <laughs> the uh, it's funny you know the uh the i've only done it for two years i think you did it for a few uh, the the three the first three no i did two right? i did the one before you right yes got you so i did and aladdin and dick whittington got you and it was one of those things that at the because it, it's pretty consuming, especially as you get into January. Mm, it, yeah. uh, you know, it, it really takes up your your time, but also your you know, there's worry in your head. Have I got the dance moves mm-hmm. down? Have I got all my lines? La la la, all these things. <laughs> and in the midst of that January, where it all feels like it's a little bit overwhelming, every the two years that I've done it, I've I've said to myself, I'm probably not going to do that next year. And then what happens is is that you get on stage and you you do it and the buzz is amazing and everybody's mm. awesome and the atmosphere is incredible and the industry loves it and so you just at the end of it you go of course i'm going to do that next year if, if i'm if i'm invited and if i audition well enough yeah. then uh, then absolutely so yeah i'm i'm putting it out there we need that back in our lives yeah definitely so yes and thank you for getting that in front of me as well i owe you i owe you everything monica yeah. that's basically it <laughs> fantastic thank you very very much for your time and um i wish you a pleasant day ahead thank you very much phil it's been great take care i'll speak to you soon soon. bye-bye and there we have it another wonderful journey within hospitality with monica demonstrating the power of networking from start to finish get yourself out to networking events in your area and i promise you you'll see the benefit we'll be back next wednesday with more stories from hospitality but until then thanks for listening and we'll see you next week